listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to For Your Joy. Uh, My name is Lucius Guthrie, worship pastor at New King Church in South Burlington, Vermont. A lovely church that I am privileged to be a part of. And uh, sitting here with the lead pastor of New King, Ben Preston. How are you, Ben? Doing well. How are you? Good. I'm doing really well. Um... So you know it's it was cool the past few days, but it's getting it's going to be like eighty again later on mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. which is so sad because it's September, and um and my mother in law is in town helping with my new baby, and uh and she was like oh it's going to be seventy five today and I said I can't wait to be excited about that in April, but right now <laughs> I'm not excited about that. <laughs> I want it to be cold. <laughs> I would take seventy five. For another two months. Ugh. Love 75. I just want the leaves to change, you know? Yeah. And 75 doesn't do it. Yeah. Mine are changing. Mine are a little bit, but I want it to be faster. I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's reasonable. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, enough small talk. We got uh, a podcast to uh, record and talk about. And we left on a little bit of a cliffhanger mm. um, last episode uh, in First Samuel chapter 13, talking about Saul and, and some of the ways that we see his insecurities. Um, we talked a little bit about the way we can recognize um, them in ourselves and how we can... One of the things you said was his downfall was an insufficient core identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you gave us a challenge to begin to think about uh, taking that identity outside of ourself and, and looking to Christ for that identity um, instead of looking at our pitfalls, the things where we fall short, um, our insecurities that uh, just drive us further away from the Lord. And we see that here in the character of Saul. Um, and I'm actually going to I'm going to extend the cliffhanger a little bit because I have a question Okay, um, going back a little bit on what we talked about last week. And I guess, and this could be something that if you don't want to answer it now, it's fine. You want to kind of answer it as the episode goes on. I know we're going to look at some more specific um, insecurities and insufficiencies of Paul and his character, or sorry, Saul rather, <laughs> uh, Saul and his character. Um, but I guess what I'm what I'm trying what I'm racking my brain on is you mentioned you know we all have these insecurities mm-hmm. right um, it's not if we have them it's what are they mm-hmm. and I don't, this question is like so black and white but I guess where is where is the sin within these mm-hmm. you know you know I think about temptation and how it inherently isn't sin right it's it's our flesh trying to lead us away and when we when we give uh, heed to it, when we give into that desire, that's when it conceives and give birth to sin, right? And so with insecurities and with um, these things that we don't like about ourselves, you know, whatever that might be in, in a simple way to put it, 
when are we actively sinning and thinking about these things and kind of indulging them? Mm-hmm. And maybe when was Saul doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. That's a tough question whether or not the insecurities themselves themselves are the sin or is it that it's selfishness and it is self-focus and self-centeredness yeah. that's causing the the insecurities yeah. that's causing you know mm-hmm. so and that is sinful yes that selfishness selfishness is definitely yeah sinful yeah um, we're not to be we're not to be self-focused or preoccupied with self but um looking for the good of our neighbor, looking to, you know, serve, looking to those around us, looking to love mm-hmm. and, um, self-focus and, and, um, selfishness is, uh, antithetical to all of the Christian life. Yeah. Right. And, um, so yeah, I'd say maybe that's a better way of putting, yeah. putting this in is, yeah. And I guess insecurity is a lack of humility in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something we need to be actively putting on, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, again, w- and I would love to flesh this out a little bit later, but insecurity will often look like humility, but it's a false humility. Mm, yeah, and true humility actually produces confidence. Mm. So, if you were to meet David, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to just briefly jump ahead because I, I, I don't want to leave people too much hanging too much. We'll talk about David more later. But if you were to meet David as a young man, um, let's say when he comes walking up to the situation where he fights Goliath and everyone else is shaking in their boots at Goliath and David's like, I'll fight him. Mm-hmm. Um you would think this dude is so cocky mm, and his brothers yeah. do think that about him. Yeah. They think this guy is so arrogant. He's so proud. He's so cocky. That's not at all what it was. Mm. He totally trusted God. And so it, it so he was confident, not in himself, but in God. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little teaser for what we'll yeah. talk about later. Great. Well, I know that there are a few more um, kind of falls of Saul that we're going to look on, kind of mm-hmm. begin to see God reacting and kind of rebuking him for these mm-hmm. things. So, um, yeah, let's pick up in, in 1 Samuel 13. Yeah, okay. So in 1 Samuel 13, um, you see the beginning of his downfall, or maybe I should say <laughs> we've already seen the beginning of it because we saw his... Uh, his self-promotion mm-hmm. and his desire to take credit for things that others had done. Yeah. But this is really where the Lord is like fed up with him. Yeah. In 13, um, he, he takes things into his own hands. He, he controls the situation in a way that he shouldn't have. He needed to wait and, and let, let things play out. Samuel ends up showing up like seconds after, um, after yeah. Saul offers the sacrifice himself, what he should not have done. And, um, and so had he just waited a few more minutes, uh, this all would have worked itself out, but he had to take matters into his own hands. He had to, uh, it's, he says, um, 
he saw the Philistines were mustered against him. He saw that people were getting antsy. He saw that people were leaving. And he says, so I realized I have not sought the favor of the Lord. This is First uh, Samuel 13, 12. I realized I've not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offerings. Or the phrasing <laughs> like sounds humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but but what you see here is underneath Saul's uh, religious actions here. Actually, he is using God. He mm. ne- he knows he has a very utilitarian uh, approach to God. I need God right now. I need His favor. I know that we can't win against the Philistines unless God helps us, and and so we've got to do this. We've got to do this thing. Yeah. And it's it's not a real relationship with God. It's a very like um, transactional kind of approach mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. And so it's then that Samuel rebukes him. You have done foolishly. You've not kept the command of the Lord your God, which He commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after His own heart. Mm. It's talking about David there. Yeah. And so it's this is kind of giving us a little clue as to what's wrong with Saul. He's not he doesn't he's not really after relationship with God. He doesn't have a real uh a real relationship, you know, an intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's this mechanical, transactional, utilitarian kind of a a thing. I do this and then God'll bless me. Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. And I guess that's where we begin to see um, the lack of of a right identity. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way that you can in truly have your identity set in the Lord if you don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Intimately know the ways that he uh, thinks and acts mm-hmm. and wants us to act and respond and um, do things. And and so that it doesn't seem like he's even trying yeah. to have that identity in the Lord. Right. Uh, I think there you could s- really simplify it all down to this and say, here's the key to having confidence and to being a secure person is pursue intimacy with God. Yeah. It's something that it seems that Saul failed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how does the Lord begin to rebuke him because of this? Obviously we see that he's made it clear his kingdom's not going to keep going and that he's raising up someone else. Um, but are there ways he continues to yeah, admonish him? here? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it seems like then the Lord gives him time and this is so like the Lord. He's so mm. gracious and so merciful. He gives him this rebuke, but he doesn't take the kingdom from him right then. And it seems that there's a rebuke and then there's there's time. We have a couple of chapters go by, and it's not until chapter 15 that Saul makes another huge blunder and the Lord officially rips the kingdom from his hands. And mm-hmm. even in that, he still gives him time because it, it's not like, I mean, because he actually remains king until his death. Yeah. Uh, years later, but um, 
What is this time? What do you mean by that? What do you mean he gives him gives him time? Well, all throughout the scriptures, we see God warning people and even saying, like, I'm going to do this. But then they repent, and he says, okay, I relent. I won't. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so he's, he, he does that over and over again in the scriptures in, in the Old Testament stories. He, he warns of people. He says, you, you're, I'm going to, you know, here's the discipline that's coming, or here's the consequences for your disobedience or whatever. And then when those people hear that humbly and repent, then he stops. He yeah. he says, I, I'll, okay, I won't. Mm-hmm. And so he's so gracious. And I believe that's what he does for Saul. It doesn't say that explicitly, but given that there's yeah. time, you know, after that mm-hmm. initial word from Samuel, yeah, I think the Lord was giving him a chance to yeah. repent. Yeah. So it's basically an opportunity to respond mm-hmm. to an initial rebuke, initial command mm-hmm. um, that it seems like Saul does not take that opportunity. Right. Exactly. And so then we get to chapter 15 and um, the Lord through Samuel gives Saul an assignment. He wants Saul to go and completely wipe out the Amalekites and um, including the animals. (laughs) Like Mm. they're all defiled. There's so much sin. There's so much wickedness that it all just needs to be destroyed. And um, he goes, and rather than wipe them all out, he, he goes on the mission, right? He, he obeys to a certain degree. He goes on the mission that God gives him. But apparently along the way, they're, maybe they're slaughtering animals, and the people get an idea, and they say, hey, Saul, we could offer. There's, these are great. There's nothing wrong with these animals. There's nothing sinful about these animals. We could offer these animals as a sacrifice to God. Yeah. And he heeds their voice mm. and he and he spares the animals, the best of the animals, and he spares the king, King Agag, which was customary in those days. Um if you and it was kind of like a trophy, right? You yeah. you wipe out the whole the whole people, but then you spare the king and you bring the king back with you as like a slave or a mm-hmm. servant. Yeah. And so now you have a, a, a king serving you and it's like a trophy. So he spares the king, King Agag. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the Lord has really had it. Um, it's, it's on their way back from this mission that Saul sets up a monument for himself. This is 1512. Um, and, Samuel comes to Saul, and Saul says, Blessed be you to the Lord. I've performed the commandment of the Lord. So he's, he's even self-deceived. He thinks mm. that the Lord's pleased with him. Yeah. He's quite pleased with himself. Yeah. Um, and Samuel says to him, what, is then, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? If you did what the Lord said, why do I hear animals? Yeah. And he's, oh, they... They brought them from the Amalekites, they, the people. <laughs> For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we've devoted to destruction. Mm. Um, and Samuel said to Saul, Stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Speak. And this is what Samuel says. Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? Mm. The Lord anointed you king over Israel. 
and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go devote them to destruction, and you did not obey. Why then did you not obey? So here at the very front end of God's rebuke to Saul, he says, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? God sees this as an issue of first importance. You see yourself as very small, but do mm. you not see what I have given you to steward? Wow. Yeah. Man. It's just reaffirming, trying to reaffirm what God has set in place, mm-hmm. the position that he's given him, the identity that he's given him. Mm-hmm. And because clearly he's forgotten mm-hmm. or he doesn't, maybe if he hasn't forgotten, he doesn't recognize the unique position he's been put in mm-hmm. where he must to, to serve Israel the best as their King. He should listen to the Lord and obey the Lord mm-hmm. because he's been set over them. Mm-hmm. And that's an honor, but it's a duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he instead focuses on his insecurities. So he tries to kind of show them that, Oh yeah, I can be this powerful King mm-hmm. by, by human accomplishments. And I think what he's doing is, what we what you know what we don't really focus on our insecurities as much as we focus on our achievements mm. and i think that's what he does he rather than looking at what god has done for him he looks at his own achievements i think that that's the case because maybe the way that it started for him was um he was incredibly insecure because he hadn't done anything, yeah. right? And he's a, like, he's insecure because he thinks of himself as small because he comes from the tribe of Benjamin, the least of the clans of the tribe of Benjamin, right? So he's looking at, he's looking at that rather than what God had given him. I mean, what had God given him? He comes from a wealthy family. He was, he was handsome. He was tall, right? I mean, he could have looked at God's gifts on, and, and been like, thank, thankful for that. And yet he looked at his, he looked at what, what he didn't have. Well, I'm not from the greatest tribe and I'm not from the greatest clan. Yeah. That's how it seems like it starts. But then as he begins to, um, to, to lead, right. And, and as he begins to act as King and he has some victories under his belt, it looks like he begins to set his identity on his achievements. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is, what we might have a tendency to do. And that will always leave us feeling like we're, we're coming up short. Yeah. Our achievements are never going to be enough. Mm -hmm. And that's where we see people with workaholism and, you know, I've got to get to the next step in the ladder and I've got to achieve the next pay raise or I've got to whatever the next degree or the next, whatever it is. I've got to achieve more so that I can feel successful. Yeah. Right. And similar in a way to those who are humble might look confident. Mm-hmm. Someone who is pointing to their accomplishments, you think, oh, wow, like they've got it all figured out. But no, it's really it's insecurity. It's it's compensating. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And that's what you see with Paul. I mean, Saul. <laughs> I did it. You, you see him compensating, right? He's setting up a monument that's compensating yeah. blowing the horn and taking credit for Jonathan's victory. That's compensating. Yeah. And so that is, yeah, they look like the most confident person in the room, but they're, it's really compensation. Yeah. And in the midst of all this, 
is disobedience to yeah. what God has actually called him mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so we're running a little close here on time. Mm-hmm. I know there may be a little bit more here in chapter 15. Um, do you want to get into that? Do you want to wait a little bit? Uh, um, let's save it for the next. Uh, right. Yeah. Let's save it for the next episode. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, that is um, really helpful to begin to see this I- I- idea that humility is going to look like confidence, but it's confidence in the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And when we begin to point to our accomplishments, begin to, to rest our hope on that, that truly is insecurity, and we're always going to fall short. Um, and so, similar to the charge of last week, continue to place that identity in Christ and look to what He's accomplished, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not the things that we're continually striving for. Um, and what He's given you, too. I think that that's one, one other takeaway in here is like, look at what he's given you. God wanted Saul to see what yeah. he'd been given mm-hmm. to steward, you know, yeah. and to appreciate that. Yeah. And he failed to do that. And I think that that's a real, I think that's a really helpful step for us is look at what God has given you. What's he given you to steward? What's he given you responsibility for yeah. entrusted to you and to be grateful for that. And it helps us not to be looking inside of ourselves or at our achievements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And recognize the, the, I don't know if I want to say importance, but the status that God has given you as a, as a son or daughter in his kingdom to do work, mm-hmm. to do, to, to, to accomplish mm-hmm. based off of his strength mm-hmm. and in his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should give us great faith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll continue to look at how the Lord responds to Saul. I know there's some some great things coming up uh, that we can really um, learn from, and then we'll begin to get into the life of David and what a man after God's own heart uh, really looks like. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you.